Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I would say that probably um, it would be more tasteful for me not to open this morning's show with the word start spreading the news. <laughs> but the show does come from the city that never sleeps, or at least kind of does. There's a tale attached to that. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Light the Tower here on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig White. Glad to have you with us and happy to be bringing you the program this morning from, I think it's at the intersection of 35th and 8th Avenue, uh, the uh, Texas Longhorns Team Hotel, the Longhorn Men's Basketball Team, number two in the country, up here to get ready for tomorrow night's Jimmy V Classic, where they'll take on 16th-ranked Illinois. But glad to have you with us. Jeff Howe is traveling up here today, so he is not with us today. And so he is on his way uh, up here to New York to cover this game tomorrow night. The Jimmy V Classic is one of the really good pre-Christmas measuring stick uh, college basketball games where you get a little bit better, uh, a little bit more insight into your team and uh, the Longhorns certainly expect that they'll have that a little bit yet another one because yeah I say another one because they've already had two really good non-conference tests although both of those non-conference tests were at uh, at home and now they get one away from home it's a neutral site but still uh, it's uh, it's an Im- important to be able to uh, Get a get a good measuring stick of where your basketball team is. So Texas plays Illinois here tomorrow evening at six o'clock. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty-four-seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Texas time, Austin time. And then the second game is Duke and Iowa. This is not a, a tournament. It's not like the winners meet the next day. It's only one game. Um, so that's why it's just called the Jimmy V Classic where they have two games. Texas has played in this event. In the past, several times they played Iowa in this event. They played Villanova in this event. Uh, so they've they've played in this event before, and obviously this is uh, with a with a great cause to uh, try to uh, continue to raise funds, awareness, and uh, working toward uh, finding a way to fight uh, the black plague of the 21st century, as I call it, cancer. And it's it's touched all of us in in some way. I have not, and in not other ways. And if it hasn't, you're you count yourself fortunate as well. Okay, so I'm up here in New York. However, our erstwhile producer is always at the switch and ready for action. Just coming off this really big 
gigantic high school football state quarterfinal weekend. And that saw him out and about. He was spotted. I, I saw the on social media where some folks spotted him. He's Jonathan John Donaldson, J.J. Donaldson. But we know him as Snoop Daniel. How you doing this morning, Snoop? I'm, I'm good. I, it was such a whirlwind of events, football-related, between Thursday and Sunday. Like I, it, it feels like it happened a month ago. <laughs> yeah, you're right, because the weekend really kind of started on Thursday with the, with the uh, high school football playoff games that happened on Thursday. So you're right. You're, you're exactly right. And so it's a little bit different. All right, so tell folks a little bit about how your, your, your weekend went down for you starting oh, man. Uh, on Thursday and we went to Friday and, and went from there because there's a couple of interesting footnotes to come out of this from your participation in the weekend. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to even remember because, honestly, it's so whirlwind. I don't I, – I, well, I let me help you. you thank you because I haven't you. even thought about it since this <laughs> – all right, if memory serves, Thursday you started your evening with a uh, girls' basketball game, right? Yes. With, and I was, or was it boys? Correct. Yeah. It was girls' basketball, and I was going to head to, to Lano in San Marcos from Georgetown, which was an hour and a half, but it was already 33 nothing. so yeah, <laughs> I just decided yeah. to – I remember that. Yeah, okay, so that was Thursday, and then we were, we were all together on Friday uh, uh, to do the show. On Friday, and then uh, on Friday, um, yeah. I headed out to uh, to do the telecast of Atascacita and Galena Park North Shore. Which, uh, I mean, th- th- here's one time you know I know you like to take a pot shot or two at the computer every now and then. <laughs> the computer had that as a pick'em game, and North Shore just dominated Atascacita. There's it's scary good, and, and that's, it's going to set up a whale of a semifinal against Westlake, but we'll get to more on that in a moment. So, uh, so yeah, they, so I had that. But you, you chose not to go to what became obviously an oh. instant classic, especially with its, with its ending. Thank God uh, I didn't go to that. Thank okay, you. now I'm glad you brought that up, Snoop, because I, I want to uh, – I want to I want to get some thoughts from you on that. You chose to go to the Wimberley Lago Vista game over in Hutto. Yes, which was okay. great. Yeah, Coach LaPlante okay. and the staff did a great job hosting. Okay, all right. So uh, that was there. Okay, so that's where I leave off in understanding where your travel log went uh, through Friday night because Saturday uh, I went over to uh, Georgetown, over to Berkelbach to uh, to watch Duncanville. Uh, take on Spring Westfield, which was a very competitive ball game. Uh, Duncanville ended up winning at 28-21. There's a, there was a bizarre uh, sequence in that that I'll get to in a little bit. And uh, and then I drove north to uh, do high school scoreboard live for Valley Sports Southwest Saturday night. And then I drove back yesterday morning. Uh, there was the Texas women's basketball game to broadcast as the women uh, defeated Southern, uh, won that one 92-43. And uh, it was good to see Shaylee Gonzalez kind of get to be the Shaylee Gonzalez that she was brought in here as, and that is that that uh, spot up shooting guard. And she was dead eye shooting. She's you know she's really had to help out the team and and uh, play the point while Rory Harmon was gone. So that I think took a little bit away from her offense. Rory's back now, and even though they're down uh, Taylor Jones right now, unable to play for an, uh, uh, an unspecified amount of time due to a, a leg injury. Uh, the, so they've lose, they've lost something in the middle now, and they're have, tra- having to try to make that up. Nevertheless, uh, 
Shayla Gonzalez did an excellent job. And so uh, so they won that. And then I raced over to the airport and uh, caught a flight up here uh, to New York. I got pretty lucky. Uh, the uh, flight I was on <coughs> had um, not only Wi-Fi, it, it also had television. I was able to watch almost the entire Cowboys-Colts game on the flight coming up. I mean, all but the last couple of minutes, and by then it was long out of reach. Barrage so I, of points, I, the most prolific offense ever. Yeah, uh, it, it's funny. There's there's a wrinkle that comes out of that that's going to belong in inconceivable later this hour. Sweet. So, so anyway, that so that was that was the completion of my weekend. Now, also out of inconceivable, I have to tell you about once I landed in uh, New York City, uh, which was at about. 11.30 local time last night. The uh, challenge, uh, not really getting to the hotel other than getting the rental car, but but then after that, uh, what happened afterwards. So that, that'll go in inconceivable. It's a little inconceivable travel nugget that we'll have as well. All right, so that's what happened for the rest of me. Now, when we left off with you, like we said, through Friday night, you were at the Wimberley Lago game. Okay, now to Saturday. Take yes. us through the rest of the Snoop Daniel weekend. Well, real quick, salute to Wimberley, Big Dub, Johnny Ball, Five TDs. It was good in uh, in Lago. Yeah. Great community. Uh, I love those guys. So yeah, so I went home, and then Saturday I did a little work before I headed to the Alamo Dome to watch yeah. Westlake. Oh my gosh, I know Dismantle, you. I, I know you said that Brandon was San Antonio's best team, but man, I I don't know. I also told you that they wouldn't that, that they were not going to beat Westlake and that West yeah. Bay, Westlake would probably dominate them. Now, did I think they'd win it by forty? I don't know that I thought that, but I, I thought the computer was being kind of kind in saying that Westlake uh, should win by fourteen. I thought they were at least three touchdowns better, and they proved to be more than that. Yes, the computer has relatives in San Antonio. I guess. Yep, I guess. That's why. Yeah. That's okay. Why them. So, but so that All was right. good. And then, yeah. So a lot of high school football. I love. I get to go to games, Craig, which is my favorite thing to do ever. And I see so many people, like uh, people from the text line. I like Ike was at the Lago game, and I I, I took a selfie with with Mike Barnes from a, a formerly a KVU. Now he's a Twitter rock star, uh, putting out the best stats on social media. I, I love this time of year. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, what'd you do yesterday? Mm, edit. Yeah. Edit for 20 hours. <laughs> and okay. I, and I, I watched the little Cowboys because we are the home, Austin's radio home for Dallas Cowboys. That's true. Mm-hmm. That, that's absolutely true. Uh, okay. All right, so very good. Um, the reason why I bring all of that up is because what we're going to have here is our Whataburger uh, top five coming up, the top five performances of the weekend. And uh, – Snoop, I have a four-way tie at number five. And and I know some folks would say, how could you have that? There are not, not even that many teams left out of the area. You'll, you'll understand when I do it. Uh, that's coming up in a little bit. We'll have a long notebook coming up at the bottom. Now we're going to hear from Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, Sark uh, was, you know, uh, was part of the conversation yesterday uh, with uh, Valero Alamo Bowl executives and representatives after it became official that the uh, Longhorns would be a part of the Valero Alamo Bowl and that they would be taking on Washington. Texas wound up f- finishing 20th in those final college football playoff rankings. So they wound up 20th. They, they, I think they're 21st in the 
poll going into the poll weekend, but they were they were twentieth in the college football playoff rankings, <clears throat> and then. Um, uh, in addition to that, of course, they accepted the invitation to the Valero Alamo Bowl. So, um, with that in mind, oh, by the way, just uh, I just want to make sure I update this correctly. Yes, uh, Texas 21st uh, in uh, the AP and also in the coaches poll and 20th in the college playoff rankings, like I thought. Okay, so, anyway, uh, Steve Sarkeesian was on. A, uh, a visit with Alamo Bowl representatives, and he had some comments about uh, the uh, Longhorns and headed to the Alamo Bowl. So we will have that coming up at the bottom of the hour. We do have Inconceivable, as I mentioned, and a couple of things in a, in a, in a travel wrinkle and a Dallas Cowboys-related wrinkle as well. <laughs> we'll have a World Cup update from Glenn Davis of Soccer Matters. That come, comes up uh, right in the uh, front part of the 11 o'clock hour. So his thoughts on the U.S. World Cup exit as it ended on Saturday morning with a 3-1 loss to the Netherlands. And we'll have a Flex 30 update. We are drawing very close to the unveiling, the release, and announcement of the finalists for the first ever All-Flex team, which will be – we'll give you some details on that because the announcement – big announcement's coming tomorrow. But we'll have that uh, coming up as well. And more from – uh, Sark coming up with the uh, Alamo Bowl comments, and that will be in our uh, Longhorn Notebook in the second hour. So anyway, that's that's what's all to come. So Snoop, without further ado, why don't we jump right into it with our Whataburger Top 5. Now it's time for the Whataburger Top 5. Okay, prepare to receive. Today's edition. Here we go. Top 5 Performances of the Weekend. Okay, so you have the Top 5 Performances of the Weekend. Now, if you were to do simple math and say how many area teams were left playing when they went into the weekend, well, there's Vandegrift and Dripping Springs. That's two. You have Westlake. That's three. You have Liberty Hills, four. You have uh, Wimberley and Lago Vista, which makes six. You have Lano is seven, and you have Granger as eight. So, for folks who would say, well, I don't understand uh, how you could have nine when you have a a Whataburger top five. Because, Snoop, you're going to like this, because I know you're really big into this. Yeah. Um, we have a four-way tie at number five. And... Uh, the four-way tie for these top five performances are not for the teams that won. It's for the teams that lost. So, Dripping Springs, and we and we know about the way that that game ended. We uh. have more on that coming up. Lago Vista, a great first season as a 4A school to get to the Elite Eight in their first season as a Class 4A school before falling to, to Wimberley. Lano matching its school record for wins in a season. And Granger uh, having a great run before falling to Burton in the quarterfinal. You know, Granger, uh, Snoop, is the first school to score, even to score, on Burton in the playoffs. Wow. They had been uh, unscored on. They had pitched three consecutive shutouts 
in the postseason. Uh, and Granger did score a touchdown, but Burton won that one 27-7. But anyway, I know you like to congratulate. You just did it, in fact, a few moments ago. You like to congratulate the schools on their run, even though that run came to an end. So in the case of Dripping Springs, Lago Vista, Lano, and Granger, those are four schools that had great seasons. They ended at the regional final level, the state quarterfinal level, but I, I think they deserve a tip of the cap for what they did, those four tied at number five. Okay, number four, Westlake, demolition of Brennan, 47-7. And some who were there, well, you were there, Snoop. No Would it be safe to say it was 47-7 and, if this is possible, it wasn't even really that close? They won by 40. It was 24 nothing at the half. And when they yeah. scored the touchdown, it was definitely against you know, third-teamers. Yeah. Not yeah. no hate, Mr. <laughs> no, no. There's not just because you you list what happened doesn't mean there's animosity or hate of all. Oh, okay. You report what what happened. Thank you, know? you. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the, the the game unfolded. It happened the way it did. It doesn't mean that that there's any emotional thing. Oh, they, they ground that you didn't you didn't say anything you know, derogatory or negative about Brennan is just stating the facts that Westlake dominated the game and they won by 40 points. That's that's what happened. Uh, and and I'm sure Coach Bazer would say the same thing in Brennan. They, they just, you know, they got beat by a much better team. And so uh, Westlake is on to the and state semifinal. And notable round. without Jaden Greathouse, who warmed up and maybe could have played but didn't. Yeah, we'll, we'll kind of uh, – we'll have to watch that. Um uh, because, you know, he's he hurt the hamstring before the game or early in the game, I guess it was, last week and uh, uh, in their win over San Benito. And uh, they did warm him up, as you pointed out. And we had a chance to visit with Tony Salazar, the Shaps head coach, on High School Scoreboard Live. He joined us live late Saturday night. And uh, he said, you know, guys are stepping up uh, across the board. Snoop, here's another thing. There's there's nothing negative or derogatory meant by this. In fact, Coach Salazar talked about it. He talked about it uh, in studio with us last Wednesday, and he talked about it with us when he was on the uh, television show on Saturday night. And there's nothing negative about this, but he needed a spark at quarterback and, uh, you know, and brought Brett Skinner back in, and, and Skinner gave him that spark, and they went in, and he scored a touchdown rushing and threw a couple of nice passes for touchdowns. Now, I don't know that that necessarily means anything specific in terms of a quarterback change. I don't think it's it's on the same page as – here's a bit of irony – as what's going on at Clemson where mm. the preceding Westlake quarterback, Cade Klubnick, is now the starter for the Orange Bowl for, uh, for Clemson after – coming in after DJ Uwe Ungale could not move the Tigers on the first two offensive series in their ACC championship win over North Carolina. So Klubnik came in and he was dynamite and he was named yesterday the starter for the Orange Bowl. So he will start. I don't know that that's necessarily the same situation here because the way that, that Coach Salazar describes it is to say we need guys who, in the moment, if we need somebody to step up and deliver for us, we expect them to do it, and that's exactly what happened. So, uh, you know, with that in mind, that's that's what happened with Brett Skinner taking over a quarterback yesterday. Does that mean he's the star this week against North Shore? I don't know. Uh, and, and I don't know necessarily 
that Coach Salazar will know or, or even, you know, or want to reveal it or whatever on Wednesday when he visits with us. But what he does know, and what I think we all know now, is that he's got two guys that he can go to if one doesn't necessarily have the hot hand, whether it's Paxton Land or uh, Brett Skinner, he can go to the other. So And Paxton uh, the, Land did. He did come back in and threw a touchdown to Brett Mays in that game. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, that's that. That's the situation there. So, anyway, um, Westlake, number four of the top five performances. Number three, the game you were at, Snoop, Wimberley over Lago Vista, 49-30. to 30. How about the efforts of Mr. Ball? He's a good one. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> He really Johnny the, Ball. The, uh, the quarterback is a great talent, Stover, a sophomore, but for him to have yep. Johnny Ball, it really gives him like a, a comfort level, and uh, they look good. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, Cade uh, Stover stepping in at, at quarterback, a sophomore. It was, it, it's a really interesting dynamic there for Wimberley in that uh, they lose Cash McCollum whose family moves to China Spring as his uh, dad takes a spot on the coaching staff. And Cash, by the way, was he was on our preseason all-flex watch list, correct? He was. <laughs> yeah. Well, he has proven to be worthy of that. Have you seen what he's done with China Spring? Yeah, they're still uh, in it. Yeah, they're going to the Final Four. And, of course, they're the defending state champs, but he'd taken over a quarterback this season. And, and they won, and, and now they're into the semifinals in 4A Division One, Really would have been interesting if they'd remained 4A Division Two, and Wimberley and China got to the finals to reach one another. That won't happen. Uh, Wimberley's going to have uh, a really difficult task if they get to the to the championship uh, because, I, you know, Carthage is on the other side of the bracket, and Carthage just demolished a really good Pleasant Grove team from the Texarkana area. But Wimberley, of course, has to get past Quero, and we'll have more on that coming up. But uh, Johnny Ball, great effort, and the Texans win 49-30. And, again, as we mentioned in that tie for five, congratulations uh, to Coach Phillips and, and uh, those Lago Vista Vikings because uh, excellent. And and you walked away. We were texting late Friday night, Snoop. Yeah. You came away from that game absolutely amazed at the yeoman's work of Bowen stop. I don't even know how he was walking or standing up, much less making tackles and running around and running the offense because he didn't come off the field. <laughs> Maybe on that's kicks, amazing. that's it. But and he was all over the place. I I don't I don't I don't, I don't understand how that is is humanly possible. <laughs> so so uh, congratulations uh, to. Uh, uh, to Lago Vista, fine season. It does come to an end against Wimberley, but they did they did a great job on that. All right, that's number three. Number two, Liberty Hill beats Flower Bluff 63-43. But that only begins to tell the story <laughs> of what the Panthers went through on Friday night. Um, and for those of you who don't know what happened in that game in San Antonio, it, it, well, it, it, it kind of defies description a little bit. Uh, it's one thing for Liberty Hill to be Liberty Hill and not throw a pass and have over 500 yards of offense. We know how they do. But it's another thing to have happen what happened to them on, uh, on their first drive of the game. They get down near the goal line, 
And this is the way I had it explained to me. The reporter took, it, the, took the video clip out of the footage she, she sent me. Why? Well, she didn't want to show the play. <sighs> okay. All right. Um, because this is what everybody's talking about is the play, Snoop. What happened on the play? Um, where you had not one, but two Liberty Hill running backs on the same play. Noah Long and Joe Pitchford. Both, Rock stars. They're so good. Yeah. Both of them go down on the play, on the same play, with broken collarbones. Down by the goal line, which winds up being a 99-yard scoop and score for Flower Bluff. Uh, the way I had it described to me was... It, it was so bizarre and so weird, and if that didn't happen, Liberty Hill would have scored 70 in the game. So they lose two other leading rushers, including their leading rusher, right, in Noah Long. Yes. So, all right, so they lose two to the same injury on the same play. They go down with broken collarbones. Liberty Hill, undaunted, shrugs it off, and put 63 on the board to beat Flower Bluff 63-43. And as you and I were texting on Friday night, Stu, it's not like the Panthers don't have other rushing weapons because clearly they did in that game. Yeah, um, I know this is stupid, but congrats to Noah Long because in that game, the yards he picked up, he crossed the 2,000-yard rushing mark again for the second straight year, and he's just a junior. Nothing, nothing stupid about that. Uh, you know, because I didn't want to be like, oh, no, no, because what happened was t- was terrible. And I know his mom, yep. Gemma, and shout-out to, to Gemma because I know she's heartbroken right now. But, um, but, yeah, what I was saying, the guys they have, they have horses in the stable. And this is what I was saying earlier in the year that I don't think people know – how good this Liberty Hill team is because nobody knows who the heck these people are, but I've seen them, and they're little beasts. And uh, for them to score 60-plus and losing, the likes of Joe Pitchford and Noah Long, who's an all-flex final. I, well, I don't know. Final. Yeah, he's a – is he? Uh, anyway. Yes. I don't know. We'll find out tomorrow. I guess we'll find out. I didn't want to let anything out the bag. But he was one. No, no. I mean, he was one of the ones who was nominated. Correct. I don't know. We'll, we'll know tomorrow when it's released tomorrow. Correct. But, but – but plenty of other contributors, clearly. Reese Vickers. In that win on Friday I think he, you have Reese to. Vickers had a, a great game. He never um, he, he never gets stats because he's always handing it off. But he, uh, 240-plus for him on the ground last or last week. On on Friday. So, yes, yeah. Friday. So, he's going to get stats now. And Jack Pitchford and the, and the rest of those guys, right? Yeah, I Jack mean, Pitchford, just a freshman. This is a kid. Yeah. That people, we're going to talk about him in 2025. We're going to be talking about Jack Pitchford. Uh, oh my gosh! I, I mean, I, I don't want to. Jackson Hines, Ben Carter is the guy. He almost has 2,000 rush yards. And Luke Miller, they kind of didn't give him the ball much, but they got dudes. And I'm excited about this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So they they're on to the Final Four, where they are going to play P N G. Port Natchez Groves did it again. I'm telling you, LBJ's loss to Port Natchez Groves in the second round of the playoffs is aging very well because PNG shocked Fort Ben Marshall, uh, who has just been great all season long. And the they were the number two team in the state. The number one team in the state, by the way, is still alive and well, Argyle. And they're going to play the defending state champion, South Oak Cliff on Friday night. In fact, that's the game that I'm calling for television for Valley Sports Southwest on on Friday night. So one semifinal is going to be Argyle against Sock. 
the other semifinal is going to be Liberty Hill against PNG. And Port Natchez Grove just stunned Fort Ben Marshall. So that's going to be a heck of a ball game. They're playing over in Katy on Friday. We'll have more on that in the uh, Flex 30 update next hour. And the number one performance, uh, Vandegrift Dripping Springs. The game itself was the performance of the weekend, let alone the uh, comeback from down 17-7. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. And then Vandegrift having to uh, stand tall at the goal line there, and I understand. There's a lot of conversation about the snap and what happened uh, there with uh, Austin Novosad and what happened at the, the ball. The, the, it, I've had several officials that I've discussed this with, uh, and a lot of them looked at video. There were people who were there at the game. And the consensus, the consensus, I didn't say unanimous. I didn't say vast majority. I said the consensus <laughs> of the people with whom I visited indicated that the officials got the call right, that it was ruled a fumble, that there was enough evidence, video evidence. To, I mean, and there was no, you know, you don't have instant replay until you get to the state championship round in Arlington anyway, and that's a shame. Uh, but, the, but the ball slips forward from Novosad's hands, and then, of course, the way that that rule is written, it comes back to the point of the fumble. Even if the ball is falling forward in the end zone, he falls on it out of a fumble, it'd have to come back to the point of the fumble anyway. That's why they said it was interpreted great. It's it's a heartbreaking way for the Tigers to lose. There's no question about it. Uh, by the same token, it's an exhilarating win for Vandegrift, which is going to move to its second all-time ever state semifinal appearance. The other was in 2014 as a then 4A, which would now be 5A school, now in their first ever Final Four as a 6A school in the state's largest classification. Yeah, they, they played Temple with uh, Taquan Graham that year. Yeah, that's right. And Temple uh, Temple won that game, and then Temple lost to Highland Park, I believe it was, yes. in the, or Alito in the state Alito. championship. Alito in the state championship. So, um, so Vandegrift now draws Katie, <laughs> speaking of brand names, uh, 1 o'clock. Saturday afternoon, the Alamo Dome, which, of course, you'll be able to hear on 1019 and AM 1260 on Saturday afternoon. So there it is, your Whataburger top five performances of the weekend. Now, we'll, you know, we'll visit with Drew Sanders, the Vipers head coach, later this week. We'll visit with Tony Salazar, the Westlake head coach, later this week. Uh, that'll be on Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back, Coach Salazar Wednesday. And, uh, and obviously, on Thursday, Coach Sanders. We'll visit with each of those guys. Um... You know, I, I, I enjoy calling the high school playoffs for Valley Sports Southwest, I, even though that, that was a lopsided game and North Shore looked scary good on Friday night. Uh, but obviously, you know, folks kind of know uh, where my heart is a little bit uh, with regard to the local teams. I love to have the opportunity to call them in uh, in those in those games if possible. And the way the rotation works for me, I don't do all 12. I do – uh, usually seven or eight of the 12, and I'm doing seven this year. And the way that the uh, rotation has worked this year, I always call both 6A games. So 
Um, you know, it would be cool if, if Vandegrift and, and Westlake are able to advance into those 6A games. I do have the 5A Division two game, Snoop. So um, the, the hope is that Liberty Hill can – can get there against uh, the winner of that game I'm calling this week between Argyle and South Oak Cliff. I don't have the 4A Division II game, which hopefully a Wimberley can advance, but if they uh, fall uh, this week to uh, uh, Jared Fikach's, uh Quero <laughs> Gobbler team, what an unbelievable game that was. We'll have to talk more about that a little bit later. Um, so anyway, that's, they were the, the whole staff for Aquero was at the Wimberley Lago game, of course. But uh, they like the horn as well. So uh, uh, thanks, uh, Qu- absolutely. Aquero wants to be down with Austin. I, I think and that's what I get. I, that's the vibe I get. Well, you know, they're in that South Central area down there between San Antonio and Corpus. So it kind of you know stretches out there. I'll tell you another school that was incredibly impressive over the weekend. That's technically out of the greater Austin coverage area because they're in the San Antonio area, but they were really good, and that was Bernie. And they put it on Cal Allen uh, at the Rock Pile on Friday. They won by 30. They beat him 49-19. Uh, that's a scary good uh, Bernie team. So uh, that'll be, uh, you know, so uh, the uh, Greyhounds on to the Final Four for the first time as a 5A school. And uh, – they will be in action uh, as a 4A school, excuse me, 4A Division One school. They'll play uh, Chapel Hill High in the Tyler area, and so that will be uh, this week as well. well I'm going to run down the complete schedule coming up next hour in our Flex 30 update. We need a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to hear from Longhorns head coach Steve Sarkeesian talking about his team's selection for the Alamo Bowl. We'll do that. Craig Way with you up here in New New York City. Yeah, uh, where uh, it's basketball tomorrow night at the Garden, number two Texas against number 16 Illinois at Madison Square Garden. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll also have some basketball notes on Texas as well as we continue with Light the Tower here on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM12. Well, I'm part of it. <laughs> <laughs> One way or the other. I mean, right in the middle of uh, Manhattan and uh, Texas basketball, uh, as we speak right now, is on the floor practicing at the New York Athletic Club. That's where their practice is today. They don't get access to the uh, uh, Madison Square Garden floor until shoot-around tomorrow. So they've, they've got to practice today at the New York Athletic Club. The uh, team, by the way, I, th- I tell you what, this could be all be a part of the notebook, so let's let's have it, Snoop. Let's roll to the Longhorn Notebook. Longhorn Notebook. A Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, the home loan expert. See if Aaron, who is also your Longhorn lender, can do for you what you did for Linda and me, and that is to get that home loan approval turned around like that, a snap. She is, after all, the person who can make that 10-day home loan approval guarantee to you. Check her out on the web at BowersockTeam.com. That's B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, just like it sounds, BowersockTeam.com. Uh, before we get to the, uh, to the basketball notes, let's, uh, let's go to football because yesterday it was made official. Uh, I think everybody knew it. Uh, that, that the Longhorns are going to be headed for the Valero Alamo. I was really kind of, um, I'm not going to say weirded out, but I was really just kind of puzzled uh, 
by some of the prognostications. Jeff read one that was from, I think it was USA Today uh, a week ago, and then somebody else said, oh, they're going to the, the Cheez-It Bowl, that Texas Tech is going to jump them in the pecking order, that Alamo Bowl is going to take them. I thought, no, 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 no. I, I don't see that happening. And I found out by midweek that – that uh, No, that was definitely not going to happen. So it became official that they are going to be in the Alamo Bowl taking on the Washington Huskies. Texas ranked 20th in those final college football playoff rankings. Washington number 12 across the board in the AP, the coaches, and the CFP rankings. And Washington, by the way, winners of six in a row. They won six straight games to get to 10-2. and two. So it, it's – Pretty impressive to see what the Huskies have done in winning and, and in fact, would have gone to the Pac-12 championship game had uh, one other one or two other things fallen their way. Uh, but it didn't. It, it was kind of almost like Texas. That Texas definitely fell, um, you know, behind uh, Kansas, Kansas State and did not obviously uh, catch up uh, to them, and that's, and that's what cost them in not being able to – uh, go to the Big 12 championship game. And by the way, how about Kansas State with what, what they did as well in winning the Big 12 championship? That's a separate conversation about the uh, about TCU and the college football playoff rankings and all that. And we'll get to that a little bit later. So the Longhorns are going to play Washington uh, play Washington in uh, the Valero Alamo Bowl. And uh, they've, they've had a uh, tremendous run, as I mentioned, winning six straight games and as a result of that, here they are in the Alamo Bowl, and uh, Longhorns head coach Steve Sarkeesian was talking about their uh, the route that they've gone and also uh, what the Longhorns have done to earn their first trip to a bowl game under him after going 5-7 and seven a season ago. So uh, he was asked to size it up, this matchup. Uh, and, of course, Sark himself, one-time head coach at the University of Washington. So there's a little wrinkle there. Uh, for Steve Sarkeesian as he was asked to outline this matchup between Texas and Washington. This is a heck of a matchup. University of Washington, obviously I've got a little bit of history there, but that's a great program, great history, great tradition. Coach DeBoer has done a fantastic job of getting that program to where they are and winning six straight games. So all in all, we're excited. We know it's going to be a heck of a challenge. We're very fortunate to be invited to this ball game and looking forward to the opportunity of continuing the legacy of great bowl games there at the Valero Alamo Bowl. Yeah, so um, there it is, some uh, sound from Sark. We'll hear more from Sark coming up next hour in uh, talking about this matchup between Texas and Washington. All right, uh, to ma- and, and again, just to remind folks, because I was doing this yesterday during the women's basketball broadcast, um, you mark it on your calendar. It is Thursday, December 29th at 8 o'clock. Uh, the nice and, I guess one could say, convenient thing about this matchup <coughs> for excuse me from a uh, Texas perspective is that uh, there's a men's basketball game at home on the 27th there is a women's basketball game at home on the 28th uh, and uh, both the men and women uh, begin Big 12 conference play on the 31st there uh, prior to the start of the new year so it slots in nicely and, as we know, it's a pretty easy drive down to the Alamo Dome. Even Snoop Daniel does not mind the drive to the Alamo Dome. Am I correct no, about that? That's not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. So, uh, anyway, Texas will be 
uh, in action on December 29th, 8 o'clock kickoff in the uh, Valero Alamo Bowl. Because you're able to get off of I-35. That's why it's not bad. (laughs) Well, uh, at least... At least uh, you can, you know, it's it's what a mile and a half from where it merges off with I thirty seven. Yeah, you go down there to and, the dome, and it's a weird like uh, turnaround. I got to admit that weird angle to get up in there that can get a little bottlenecked. But yep, it's a great venue. It is, it is, and and, and from a selfish perspective, and nobody under the sun cares a whit about this, and, and I completely get it. So it's just a personal note. Um, if they're not going to play, and, and obviously I want Texas to win Big 12 Conference Championships, to be in the college football playoff, have a chance to win a national championship. I know the feeling of what it's like to call a national championship in, in football. Uh, I want them to do all of that. And at the very least, if they can't do that, I'd love to see them in a New Year's Six Bowl, uh, like the Cotton Bowl or one of the other ones, if it, if it doesn't work out to be in the college football playoff. Now, failing that um, – one of the best bowl experiences, really and truly, for them as a team, is the Alamo Bowl because of its proximity, and because of the thing. And, and San Antonio is a great town uh, for that type of thing. And uh, and also, here's the selfish part of it: as a broadcaster, it is a great venue to broadcast from. I, I can't begin to tell you how how good a place that is to broadcast from. The the sight lines, the vantage point, all that that's tremendous. Like I said, nobody would care the south end of a rat. Uh, about the you know the broadcast side of it, but I just that's just a personal note to or toss it in. Okay, to basketball, uh, Longhorn men uh, came up yesterday up here to New York. Uh, they got a chance to have a little bit of a taste of culture with a couple of different things. Went to a Broadway show last night, and uh, today they have uh, some hard work on the floor. They're at practice right now, and they'll be on the floor for a while at practice, and then. Uh, after that, they have a couple other team activities involved. I think there's uh, one of those trips to the Nike store that's happening for them uh, this afternoon, and then and then there's a team dinner and then a couple other things. So they'll, they'll do all that. One thing that college basketball teams do, and, and Texas it, it kind of falls in lockstep with several of the other uh, programs across the country when they do this, is to give student-athletes, and this, this was going on long before NIL, but to give student athletes uh, a, a taste of other things, not just get on a plane, fly to a destination, uh, go to the hotel, team meal in a meeting room, do your shoot around, get on the floor, play the game, uh, change clothes when it's over, get back on the bus, go to the plane and fly home. Lord knows there's enough of that that happens during the season. I've taken enough trips with these guys to Ames and Stillwater and Manhattan, Kansas, and places like that where that's exactly what I just laid out. There's study hall that happens, uh, you know, and they do that, and they have um, the academic help and tutors that are that are there with them along the way. They do that. And by the way, this is, Snoop, I, I don't know if this kind of sends a shiver up your spine, but this is uh, final week on campus. So we were uh-huh. talking to Shaley Gonzalez about this yesterday. Um, in, in fact, I think we'll, uh, I'll, I'm, I'm going to send that little piece of sound to you, Snoop, so we can have that next okay. hour and talk about what it's like coming from the perspective also of a student athlete. Uh, and, and, uh, so this is a week for finishing up projects, papers, 
uh, final exams, that sort of stuff. So you got that going on in addition to everything else. So there's academic work that takes place all during this. So, so all of that happens. Uh, but they do try to mix in some other things, like I mentioned, uh, uh, you know, going to a Broadway show and, and some of the other things. And, and, of course, with athletic programs that pay for themselves, that's not coming out of any uh, university funding or anything like that. That's all generated by the revenues from football, from basketball, you know, when they get these opportunities to do this. So uh, that's you, you kind of mix that in along with some of the others. It's just like when the women's team went to the Bahamas as well. Uh, you try to mix in a little bit of recreational time and then uh, have, you know, they had three games in three days to play. This is one one basketball game, and it's a forty-eight, a little over 48-hour stay up here, but you try to mix in some of those other things. So uh, that's the case of that. Texas women, as I pointed out, won their game 92-43 to and uh, blew out Southern University yesterday. Texas volleyball will be in action in the Sweet 16. Their 17th consecutive Sweet 16. And Texas will be in action in the NCAA volleyball at Gregory Gym. Now, different start times for it this week uh, because of television and some of the other things. Uh, it's an 11 a.m. start for the first of the Sweet 16 matchups, and that is Ohio State and Minnesota at Gregory Gym. And then Texas against Marquette will follow 30 minutes after that in the Sweet 16. So it'll be around 1.30 on Thursday afternoon when Texas takes on Marquette in the NCAA Volleyball Sweet 16. So there's some uh, Longhorn notes. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, it's got a couple of different directions with it this morning here with Inconceivable. Uh, first of all, uh, there's a there's a football in – most of this is travel-related, not just with my travel but the other stuff, but there's a football-related Inconceivable. And it happened last night with the Dallas Cowboys win over the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Snoop was watching this game and – uh, you know, it was what Matt Ryan leads a drive down the field, and they score a touchdown late third quarter, and uh, try for two, and they don't get it. So it's twenty-one to nineteen from late third quarter. That's when that happened. The final was fifty-four to nineteen. Yeah. The Cowboys exploded it and blew it. Wide open. I saw some of it. We had a little bit of uh, turbulence and, and and lost some of that uh, there late in the contest. And uh, so so anyway, lost out on that deal. Uh, I, I saw a little bit, of it, but I saw some of it. So the Cowboys win 54 to 19. Here's the deal. Somebody say, okay, what's the what's the inconceivable part of it? Well, first of all, it was a scoregami. Do you know what that is? Uh, a scoregami? No. A scoregami is a final score that has never happened before. Uh-oh. So last night's 54 to 19 win for the Cowboys over the Colts marked the first time in NFL history that a game in all of the years has ever ended with that exact final score. 54 to 19. It was the 1,074th unique 
final score in NFL history. You think about that. 1,074 times in the history of the National Football League has a game ended with a score that has never before happened. Now, you know, this goes back 100 years because the NFL, you know, began – 